late to set another goal or dream a new dream. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. You can carve your own path and experience a life that you've never imagined for yourself. You only have one chance to become the person that you've always wanted to be, and you're the only one that can go out and make it happen. Not enough people are told that they can do things that they truly want to do in life. I'm here to tell you that you can. I believe that it's possible to live in abundance, do good, and create a life that you've always dreamed of. But the power to create your dream life lies within you. Find out what you want, believe in yourself, and go for it. Let's get this road on the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Life with Kat. I'm your host, Kat from Kauai, and we are recording the very first episode of Life with Kat. I am so excited to share this space with all of you. In this episode, you'll hear stories of the lessons that life has taught me to help guide me toward making my dreams come true. I believe that seeing is believing, and I know that if I can relate to someone out there, they will see that success is also possible for them too. I am here today because I've been able to watch other people that have come before me achieve success, and it made me see that it is also possible for me too. And in this space, we are going to be uplifting each other, helping each other believe that we can do the things that we don't think we can do at the moment. And if I just had someone telling me that I can way sooner, I would have unleashed my dream life years ago. And I'm only 27 years old. So let's get this started. I am so happy to be here and to share my journey with all of you. I'm going to share my background, where I came from, what my life looked like before I decided to become an entrepreneur, and what my life looks like now. So let's take it all the way back to the beginning. Who am I? Where did I even come from? So let me reintroduce myself. My name is Kat, short for Catherine with a K, and my last name is Sullivan. If you really want to get into it, my middle name is May, spelled M-E-I, and I am Filipino, Iris, <laughs> Irish, and Chinese. I just made up a word. If you're Irish and Chinese, you are now Iris. <laughs> but I'm a full mixed plate. I grew up on Kauai for 15 years, and I was born in Bakersfield, California. And I thank God every day that my dad decided to pick up from Bakersfield and move to Kauai, because if he didn't, I would be Kat from Bakersfield and not Kat from Kauai. And no, no offense towards Bakersfield, but I would much rather be from Kauai. And my dad has been able to provide that dream childhood for me. And I'm so thankful that he decided to pick up and move when he did. But let me tell you guys the story behind the Bakersfield to Kauai move because I believe that that moment right there, my dad didn't know it, but it 
gave his future daughter a lot of juice to go out and become an entrepreneur herself. So my mom, she's from the Philippines, and my dad is from New Jersey. And they met in Cuba, I believe. But when my mom had me, her and my dad lived in Bakersfield, California. And one day, my dad went to work. I believe I was like five, six months at the time, six months old. And my dad went to work. He got yelled at by his boss. He had even spit in his face. And my mom, I remember my mom telling me this story, but, you know, he came back home and he told my mom, I'm never working for someone again, ever again in my life. And they picked up and moved to Kauai. He started his own car safe business where he made luggages for tourists to lock their valuables in the car. And my dad did that. For the rest of his life, he built that business from the ground up. He told himself, I want to live life on my own terms. He wasn't someone that was really materialistic. He just needed to have enough money to put a roof over his head and food on his plate. And that's where my journey began. So my dad decided to pick up, move my mom and I to Kauai. And for the next 15 years, that's where my life stemmed from. And again, I am so grateful. Before I moved to Orlando in 2008, I thought there were mountains like that everywhere. I thought the greenery was normal and it Definitely made me appreciate home a lot more once I moved. So let's dig deep into these life lessons that life has thrown my way thus far. In 2008, after living 15 years on the beautiful island of Kauai, my mom decided that we were going to pick up and move to Orlando, Florida. And uh, you guys, this is the furthest possible state. Well, you could go to New York, you could go all the way up north, but she went to the furthest coast you could possibly go to. And 15-year-old Kat was not happy with this decision at all. I had my boyfriend for the first time, my first boyfriend ever. I had best friends that I did not want to part ways with, and I knew no one in Orlando, Florida. I was so sad. I even um, put up on my MySpace, fuck the mainland. It just wasn't for me. And I was so devastated. It was such a tragic moment in my life. I remember trying to run away the day before our move to Florida. My friends even came to the airport with big posters saying, we will miss you, Catherine. Brittany was so sweet. She wrote a whole letter on the big poster board, and I cried the whole entire flight. This was one of the most tragic moments of my teenage life. I really thought the world was ending. I thought the sky was falling and I was just so devastated. I begged my mom to let me stay. I really wanted to graduate with my class. I did not want to graduate in the mainland uh, to make me feel better. I made her promise me that I'd be able to move back my senior year. That definitely didn't happen. A lot of complications actually came up in the move to Orlando. 
So we parted ways from Kauai in 2008. We moved to Orlando because the price of living is expensive back home on Kauai. But my dad was not leaving Kauai anytime soon. He even said, I am never leaving this place for the rest of my life, I am staying here. So he stayed put, he stayed on Kauai, and my mom and I moved to Orlando, Florida. If you guys haven't been able to put two and two together, my mom and dad are separated, they were divorced. They were separated at a early, at a very young age for me. Uh, I was four years old when my mom left my dad, but they were separated. I had to leave my dad, I didn't wanna move, to Orlando. And in 2008, we arrived here in Orlando, Florida, where I live now. When I got here, <laughs> it was a culture shock. I went to a new school. I didn't know anyone at this new school. I dressed differently. I did my hair differently. I mean, I'm moving from Hawaii all the way to the East Coast. Even the West Coast to the East Coast has a big uh, difference in style. And my style in Hawaii, I would just go to school. I didn't really care a lot about what I wore. We had uniforms uh, at the school that I had just transferred from. And now I'm in the mainland at um, a magnet school, which is a school that rich kids go to, uh, long story short. And I didn't even have money to afford uniforms back home on Kauai. And now I was at a school where I had to find a new outfit to wear every single day. And it was just, I wanted to go back home to Kauai. I was so out of my comfort zone. It was not something that I wanted to do. And to make things even better, I joined a hip hop dance class to go and make some friends, to meet new people. And we had this talent show that we had to go and practice for. And for some reason, a flip was put into the choreo and I'm a very petite uh, little Asian girl. So I was chosen to be flipped, go figure, right? And the flips were going great up until talent show rehearsal day. And we are on the stage and we're, we reenacted a choreo from a white chicks. So if you guys have ever seen a white chicks, they have this dance scene where they do a dance move to It's Tricky by Run DMC. We redid that dance scene. I wish you guys could see me like trying to do this dance right now. <laughs> we redid the dance scene. And there was a point where my hands crossed in between my legs. My flipping partner is standing behind me. She was supposed to pull my hands from in between my legs as I jumped up. So she was basically flipping my whole body through my legs while she was holding my hand. During this flip, when she went and grabbed my hand from in between my legs, I guess she pulled my hand and it wasn't time to jump yet. We are obviously very excited to be doing this talent show rehearsal. <laughs> she flips me on this stage too soon. There's an audience of people watching the rehearsal and I 
fell. I got dropped on my chin. And you just hear a big like, boom. And then you hear everyone go, ooh. Like the whole entire crowd just went, ooh. And it got dead silent in there. The music turned off and it it was chaotic. I moved my hand from under my chin and a whole waterfall of blood just fell from my face. And I went back and laid down on the ground. It was traumatizing. I had broken my jaw. I didn't know my jaw was broken at the time. I just remember laying on the ground and having people hover over me, asking me if I'm okay. Uh, The person that flipped me, I had never seen her again since that day. I'd never seen her since that moment. She ran and I would have run too if I was, I would have been so scared if I was a junior or senior in high school and that had just happened in front of me. So I don't blame her, no hard feelings. I ended up being carried out by an ambulance. The ambulance had to come. I got taken to the hospital. There were no vacant rooms for me to be in. So I was waiting for a surgeon, there's triage, and people were coming into this Orlando emergency room, shot, other people had crazier things going on. Apparently my uh, jaw injury wasn't a high priority at the time. So we were in triage and we didn't have a room available. I was laying on this stretcher and my jaw couldn't close. So I, I could I could feel the bone like in my mouth. When the surgeon came in, he stitched me up. My mom, my poor mom nearly fainted. She basically did faint. She had to put her head in between her knees. She nearly fainted from them sewing up my chin from that a waterfall of blood I told you guys about. I should have uh, gave you guys a warning before I went into that story. We finally got my chin stitched up and situated. Doctor had told me he was going to look over the x-ray and let us know what was the next step. After looking at the x-ray, they told us that I had to stay the night and have surgery immediately the next morning because my jaw was broken and that would be the only way to fix it. So lucky me, everything happens for you, not to you, right? That is a perfect situation that I look back at and I apply that quote to that moment in my life quite often. So I had to wake up the next morning, go into surgery immediately. I had never had surgery before in my life. I was 15 years old with a broken jaw, a stitched up chin, and freshly tightened braces. Yay! I knew I loved the mainland. I knew I was super excited to move to Orlando for a reason. (laughs) But that was an incident that had happened to me probably six months after moving here to Orlando. And the surgeon told me he had to go in through my mouth because he wanted to make the surgery as you know less invasive as possible. And he wanted to go through my mouth, uh, bump up that bone, and because it was at a 90 degree angle basically into my mouth. So he wanted to bump the bone back up into its right place from the inside of my mouth wire my jaw shut. And he told me in two weeks, I'd come back, look at, you know, the results and see if the bone had grown back. So two weeks later, we go back and the bone unfortunately didn't grow back. 
So we had to cut open. I had to have another surgery, cut open the side of my face from the top of my earlobe kind of down towards, you know, my chin. And I don't have any scarring. He did a really good job. But he had to cut open the side of my face and put in a metal plate to hold the joint together. And then my jaw was wired shut, I believe, a month and a half. For that one so I was wired shut for about two months almost three months I think he had me like come back and forth to check on me but I remember not being able to eat for a very long time I had to go to three different schools in that time with my jaw wired shut so I had to introduce myself talk to people with my jaw wired shut like this for about two three months straight And I had to eat that way too. So I am so grateful for the mobility of my face. I don't think anyone realizes what it's like to have, well, I know people realize it, but you don't realize it until you're in the position of having your jaw broken. And I was a lucky chosen one to go through that incident. But Going through that moment made me so strong. I knew if I could go through this, if I can mentally go through this, emotionally go through this, and physically go through this, I can do anything in my life. So that surgery of and that incident of my job breaking built me into the powerful woman that I am today. And if that didn't happen, I... I'd be kind of soft and I'm already kind of soft, but I'm powerful and I know I am. And that incident got me to believing that I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And that really, I had to put a lot of faith into my life in that moment. You know, like I said, everything happens for you, not to you. And my jaw accident, it really built me into the person that I am today. It made me truly know and believe that I can do anything and I can handle anything that God throws my way mentally, physically, emotionally. I'm strong and I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I learned that at a very young age, when I was 15 years old, breaking my jaw was definitely a pivotal moment in my life. Even after I broke my jaw, the healing process was even more, I should say, I don't want to say traumatic, but the healing process, I went through a lot more emotionally during that time versus the actual incident because I had to deal with my face growing. It looked like there was a grapefruit in my right cheek. I'm not over-exaggerating. My right cheek was so swollen. People would look at me in the grocery store scared of me. And if you look at me today, you couldn't even tell, but I've experienced feeling so ugly and so worthless, especially in that incident. It doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. That's when I truly 
experience that. It doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. What matters is your character and your value that comes from the inside. That makes you a beautiful person on the outside. Trust me. You can look like a completely different person. You can look like the dream version of you and get all the plastic surgery that you want. But if you don't feel beautiful on the inside, nothing is going to change. Changing your outsides doesn't change how you feel on the inside. Remember that. And I had to tell myself that while I was going through my incident and my surgery back when I was 15. Now I'm 27 years old. And I'm thankful that I went through that accident looking back because it makes me cat. What I went through really did happen for me, not to me. And I could have looked at that in a completely different way. But I am so grateful today that that happened. I wouldn't change anything. So while I was healing, I had to go through three different schools. I went, I ended up going to a girl's school. I'm going to shorten up this story for you guys, but I had to try to go to different schools. We moved out of the county. I had to go to a new school because of where I was zoned and the incident that happened. I just had to switch schools. So my mom moved me and we moved to a new county. And the school that I was about to start told me that I would have had to repeat my sophomore year if I were to enroll there and that I should enroll at this girl's school called the Pace. It's an academy for girls. And they were going to allow me to do my 10th grade year and my 11th grade year at the same time. So I wasn't going to have to repeat the 10th grade. They wanted me to repeat the 10th grade because I'd missed so much school with my incident that they said if I try out this girl's school, they might let me do my 10th grade year online and my uh, junior year in person. So we went to this all girls school and they accepted me and this school filled me with so much love and so much light. They even taught me my social security number. I mean, wow, Pace, I just got my hair standing on my arms. But Pace was a center for girls that, you know, there were girls that went there that weren't accepted at the school that they went to because they either got expelled or they just came from juvenile detention a juvenile detention center or they were pregnant they or they were just in situations where they couldn't go to school not a lot of people were there because they broke their jaw and couldn't go to school it was you know a school for uh troubled young women I met a lot of women there and a lot of young girls that were going through a lot of things. And it made me realize that what I'm going through isn't as big as I think it is. And there's always someone out there that's going through more than what you're going through and they're making it work. So glad that I met the ladies that I met throughout that school. And I wouldn't have been there if I didn't break my jaw. So again, everything happens for you, not to you. After I finished up my 10th and 11th grade year at Pace, I was there for about a year, or maybe it was eight months. But I remember I was there for a little bit, uh, quite some time, I finished my 10th and 11th grade year. And I was able to go to the school that I initially wanted to initially 
the school that I initially wanted to go to in the first place, but they told me I would have had to repeat the 10th grade. So after that was done, I got to go back to school like a normal person, but it had been a year and my jaw was still swollen. So I still kind of looked like a crazy person. I didn't fit in. I stood out. I loved the new school I was at. I graduated from Lake Howell High School in 2011. And then I took a year off. I went and lived in Hawaii with my dad for a few months, came back to Orlando, and I wanted to start working. I was like, okay, I'm ready to work and do this college thing. So I started off at a community college, and then I ended up getting my first job at Dunkin' Donuts. No one would hire me prior to Dunkin' Donuts. It was difficult for me to get a job. Like I said, I'm a petite young Asian lady, so I look a lot younger than I really am. And it wasn't easy for me to get a job when I was 16 or when I was 18, but I finally got hired at Dunkin' Donuts. I actually remember I had a seasonal job at Aeropostale at the mall one year, but I didn't get rehired after the season. So I don't really count that job. Dunkin' Donuts, I I definitely count that job. I was so excited to get that job. My mom bought me a bike. I rode my bike to work every morning at 4.30 in the morning to be at work by 5 a.m. And my mom told me, you cannot have a car until you can pay for your own gas and you can buy your own car. She was not about buying me a car. I wasn't even allowed to have my license until I could buy a car. My mom didn't want me driving anybody else's car. She just was not about it. She's uh, She was a very strict Asian mother growing up. My phone was even blocked at 9 p.m. when I was in high school. That gives you an idea of how strict my mom was when I was growing up. I had a strict mom. And at the end of the day, again, everything happens for you. It made me the independent person that I am today. And it made me hungry to go out and make stuff happen for myself. So I would ride my bike to work at 4.30 in the morning, get there at five. And about three months go by, they want me to work on Christmas Day. And I was not having it. They texted me and they said, Cat, if you don't come in for your shift, you are fired. And I thought it was so crazy that they wanted me to come in and work on a holiday. I was mind blown at that fact. And I was not having it. So I just didn't show up. And that was the end of Dunkin' Donuts after a few months. But I met one of my bestest friends. It's actually her birthday today. I'm recording this on her birthday. I'm going to dinner with her tonight. Shout out to Veronica. But I met one of my best friends in the whole entire world there, Veronica. And to this day, we are still besties. So shout out to my boo. Anyway, back to Dunkin' Donuts. After that, I had to figure out a different plan because when something doesn't work out, you find a different plan and you make it work. That's how life works. So I found a different plan. And in the same plaza, there was another job 
offer and I got the job as a hostess at an Italian restaurant. I walked in, I asked them if they were hiring and he hired me on the spot as a hostess. I was shocked. I worked there for a little bit and that was the start of my restaurant service industry career. I had worked in restaurants up until two years ago. I'm going to get into that, but let's get back to Carreras. So I had gotten this job as a hostess, and this was the first time I had seen the cash flow in a restaurant. My eyes got so big when I would see the cash that the servers would count at the end of the day. Mind you, I went from working at Dunkin' Donuts and getting paid about $8.50 an hour to an Italian restaurant seeing servers make $100 in a shift. And I wanted that. I wanted to get it and I was going to figure out how. And I would also see the cash registers working, you know, the takeout counter and they would make a good amount of cash a day too. And I was a hostess not making tips. I wanted to be on the other side where those people for making the cash. I look back now and these moments where I saw this cash flow and saw the money people were making, it made me believe that I could go and make that money too. So I want you guys to remember that seeing is believing. When you see other people succeeding and doing things that you want to achieve, that means that it is also possible for you too. Even if it's something like wanting to have a server position when you're a hostess. How you do one thing is how everything else unfolds in your life. I wanted to be that server. I didn't get to be a server at Carreras, but I did get to be the cash register and takeout girl. And that was my first taste of restaurant cash. I wanted to find another restaurant serving job that was fun, where I could go to work looking cute. I didn't really like the server outfit, the big long pants and the long sleeve shirt. I wanted to have a fun serving job. And I remember telling one of my cash register girls, I really want to work at Hooters. And she laughed at me. She's like, you can't work at Hooters. You don't have any Hooters. And I thought that was funny. I remember that to this day. I have, I'm petite, like I said, and I have probably a B or an A cup. I don't even know if it counts as a B cup, but I have, I'm part of the itty bitty titty committee. Okay. And I didn't have Hooters and I applied at Hooters, didn't get the job. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep being a hostess here at this Italian restaurant. Veronica, one of my best friends from Dunkin' Donuts, she ended up coming in saying hi to me because it was in the same plaza. And my manager said, hey, who's your hot friend? You should get her a job here. And he hired her as a server and we got to work together. So I'm so happy that my best friend has this job with me. She quits Dunkin' Donuts and we are working as a... Carrera cuties together. That's what we called ourselves, Carrera cuties. And it was fun. But one day I ended up getting fired because I missed a shift. I had a court date with my lawyer. That is for a whole 
other episode, but I had a court date with my lawyer. I had gotten arrested for something silly, a silly little teenage mistake. If you guys want an episode on that, drop it in the comments. But I had gotten arrested and I ended up losing my job because I was at an appointment with my lawyer for court and I got scheduled a double and I got the same schedule every single week for the past three months. And this one week on the day that I had my schedule or my meeting planned with my lawyer, I was also scheduled a double that same exact morning. For some reason, I didn't check my schedule because I'm a 19-year-old girl that just wasn't responsible at the time. And I missed uh, the shift, I got fired, I even called the restaurant, I remember having a message from my friends, I had a message from other co workers that were working there, and my assistant manager, he was like, Where are you cat? Are you okay? And when I called the restaurant, the general manager answered, And I was like, Craig, I'm so sorry. I remember his name to this day. I was like, Craig, I'm so sorry. And he was like, I am done with your shit and hung up on me. (laughs) I cried. My mom even heard it. She was sitting next to me because she was driving me back from this meeting. And I was in tears. I felt so little, so hopeless, so embarrassed. I felt so stupid. I was like, how can I do this? Why am I letting my life go to complete shit right now? I haven't even made it to 20 yet. And I am starting off adulthood on the wrong foot. What am I doing? So I was just not in the right space. But again, I got back up, found another job, Forever 21 hired me, and I was happy. I was like, cool, I'm working at Forever 21. I got to wear cute outfits every day, and three months in, I was over it. I was counting the clock. I was folding clothes just standing there, and I would multiply the time I was there by the money I was making hourly. I was literally counting my hours for dollars. And when I realized what I was doing after Black Friday, I walked out of Forever 21, told myself I cannot work here. And I quickly realized that I liked to be in control of my own life. And I wanted a life that I controlled. I didn't want anyone else telling me what holidays I was working. I didn't want anyone telling me how much they were going to pay me per hour. I didn't want anyone telling me what I was, what my time was worth. And I was thinking, what do I want to do? It popped back into my head. I want to work at Hooters. Let me go and try to apply at Hooters again. So I applied at Hooters, didn't get the call back. We have another chicken wing restaurant here in Orlando that is similar to Hooters. It's called Wing House. So I went and applied at Wing House, didn't get the job there. And then one of my best friends at the time ended up getting a job at Hooters because her mom was a Hooters girl. And I told her, oh my goodness, I have been wanting to work at Hooters for so long. It was a thing for us. We were trying to work at Hooters. We wanted a fun 
serving job where we could get cute, do our hair and do our makeup. We didn't want to wear, you know, big bulky serving outfits. When she got that job, my eyes lit up. I was more excited than she was about her getting this job at Hooters. I begged her, please get me in. I want this job. I've been wanting to work here for so long. I'm so grateful she got me the job. I ended up working at Hooters after trying for, it was two years. I had applied to multiple different Hooters and that started my five-year career as a Hooters girl. You know me, you know how much pride I took in being a Hooters girl. And I still take pride in being a Hooters alumni. That job gave me confidence that I have today. It helped me learn how to talk to every single type of person. When you start as a Hooters girl, you have to take these tests that they make you take um, to know the menu, just like any serving job. And the question asked, what sauce came with the fish and chips. And I couldn't even answer tartar sauce. I didn't even know. I was like, what's tear tear? (laughs) I was the most ditziest Hooters girl that probably walked through Point Orlando Hooters when I first started. But after training, after working there for a couple of years, I became a certified trainer. I became a new store opener. I became a bartender after being told that I couldn't be a bartender, that I had to go and do more squats if I wanted to be behind the bar. I was told that I couldn't do so many things and I made all those things happen. Whenever someone tells you you can't do something, you need to use that as fire to go out and make it happen. That needs to fuel your fire. When I would ask to be on the bar and the managers told me my butt wasn't big enough, I had to do more squats, I didn't quit. I stayed and showed them that I was one of the hardest workers that had ever stepped foot in that restaurant. And I became a bartender. I became a bar trainer. I started training the back of the house. I started training new managers and training that were coming into the restaurant. It was a ride. It was one of the funnest jobs that I have ever had. And it has taught me so much about training, leadership, mentorship, surprisingly. So many people think that Hooters is this, you know, bad job. I would get people sitting at my bar with their children saying, you want to make sure you don't grow up to be like that girl when you're older. That job put me through college. It helped me pay for my rent. The money that I made at Hooters and the fun that I had while I was making money, nothing could have compared to that in that moment in time. And it was such a fun ride. I am so glad I worked there. They even gave you a reimbursement for having good grades in college. I loved Hooters. If any girl works at Hooters right now, power to you, enjoy it. That is one of the most fun jobs you will ever have. And those are the best moments in my life to this day. But you know, I'm getting closer to my 30s now. And after a few years at Hooters, I wanted to do more. I was like, there has to be something else that isn't so serious and still fun like this. There has to be more. I I have to have something else out there. 
that is meant for me <laughs> besides this. I can't wear these orange shorts for the rest of my life. I have to find something else. I wanted to get out of the orange shorts. I was going to college. It had been seven years that I was already in college. Remember I told you I went to Valencia and I was also a cocktail waitress on the side working at a fine dining restaurant a couple of days a week. I had transferred into the University of Central Florida during my last few years at Hooters. This was about three years ago. And I wanted to, again, find something new. And what I was going to school for, one, I can't even tell you what I was going to school for. My dad would even tell me it. Catherine, you don't need to go to school if that's not what you want to do. If you don't know what you want to do yet, you don't need to go to school right now. And it just felt like the thing that I had to do. It felt like something that I had to do or I wasn't enough. I wasn't living up to society's expectations. And now that I'm looking back, I wish I took his advice sooner. It is totally okay if you don't know what you want to do when you're straight out of high school. College is always going to be there. Universities are always going to be there. And it's better that you go ahead and start when you know what you're doing so you don't have years of wasted time trying to figure out what classes you want to take in college. It will save you a lot of time and a lot of money. Throughout the years while I was at Hooters in college, working at Eddie V's, I actually hadn't gotten my job at Eddie V's yet, but my dad had prostate cancer and he passed away. This is a story that deserves a whole episode in its own, so I will do another episode on that. Rest in peace to my heavenly father. I would not be here if it wasn't for him and the soul that he has ignited within me. I changed my major so many different times. When I first graduated high school, my major was nursing and then it was journalism. I really wanted to be a e-news reporter. I wanted to be a celebrity news reporter. And then I changed my mind. I wanted to become a um, social media marketing agent. So I started taking communications classes and I took ad PR. I took writing for social media. So I wanted to work with social media, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with social media. And while I was working at Hooters, I had an internship with them where I ran their social media account for the company, and it did really well. Our regional manager had contests that she would do between the different regions for the social media platforms, and mine would always come out number one. It was something that I was very passionate about, and I knew that I had passion through this work. So one summer, I was back home on Kauai, and I was making money through running the Hooters social media account while not being at the actual store. A light bulb just clicked for me, and I told myself that I needed to figure out how to start more businesses through my phone or run more social media accounts through my phone because it allowed me to make money mobily and to live my life from wherever I wanted to live. I didn't have to be in a certain spot 
for a certain amount of time every single week. Like I got to do whatever I wanted to do because I was working mobily through my phone, which I could bring with me anywhere. And this was in 2018. And I was just looking and looking and looking and looking for something. And someone had posted about a network marketing company and their products. Didn't know it was a network marketing company at the time. If I did, I probably would have said what most people say. It's a scam. Don't use those products. It's a pyramid scheme. Only blah, 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 right? Whatever that negative stuff people say when they hear about network marketing. I can only imagine the amount of people that went and shut off what I was saying once they heard the words network marketing. But I want to come and spread a light on how impactful network marketing is because so many people have a negative stigma towards network marketing, calling it a scam and a pyramid scheme. But in reality, if you start up any business and don't put in the work, you are not going to be successful. If I went and spent $300,000 on a boutique, most people would congratulate me for getting $300,000 into debt. But most people would congratulate me for doing that. And do you know how long it would take to make all that money back? And then if I don't share about my boutique and I don't tell people about it and I don't market it correctly, I don't make money off of the boutique. But that doesn't mean that small businesses are a scam. And people need to look at network marketing in a different way because network marketing changed my whole entire life and it came out of nowhere. I wasn't asking for it, but I believe that I manifested it. And the way that this opportunity, the way that network marketing has helped me, I need to shed a light on it so that it can go and help more people. Once I got started in my network marketing business, two years later, I hit the top of my compensation plan. I qualified for the motor program, and I truly believe that I found a new company with products that work. And I've been loving my results so far. And the opportunity itself has been life-changing, not just for me, but for my family and for my friends too. What I can do is share these stories with you guys that have instilled belief in me and have helped me come and run and build a successful organization in just two years. There are so many more life lessons and stories that I have to tell all of you, but I cannot fit it into one episode. So this season of Life with Kat is going to be quite entertaining. I am excited for what the rest of the season of Life with Cat has in store. But until then, let's go and get shit done. The stories that I've shared with you today have created my dream life that I am currently living today in the present. Remember to always embrace your journey and your struggle is what people are going to relate to. You are going through something that you are going to help someone else with in the future. Embrace your journey. Embrace your struggle. I went from having to leave my hometown and moving into a state with no one that I know and breaking my jaw six months later, having it wired shut for three months, 
and then losing my dad at the age of 20 years old to now living my dream life with a six-figure business that I've built in just two years. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening and sharing this space with me. If this episode added any value or aloha into your day, please show your support by leaving me a review on iTunes or sharing on social. You can follow me at Kat from Kauai at K-A-T-F-R-O-M. K-A-U-A-I. And every other week, I'll be back here to share my stories and life lessons with all of you. Ciao.